Welcome to DJ Coffee Talk. This is your co-host, Devin. Today, Jack and I go and sit down with Half Dead, a gnarly dubstep duo from Tucson, Arizona, and talk everything from magic, psychedelics, intention setting, to some of the deeper meaning behind their music. Stay strapped for the perfect episode to kick off spooky season, and don't forget to check out the end of the episode for the rest of all their all-original mix. Without further delay, Half Dead. Um, thanks for being here, guys. Appreciate y'all. We just um, recorded the set that we'll have out eventually. I'm making, okay. You talk very soft. So <laughs> I know. Let's make this closer. <laughs> um, we just sat through you guys' set with like all original music, and um, spiritual is definitely a word that comes to mind here in your music. It's just like a, a general feeling, especially certain songs. And you guys, um, we were just talking about how. Um, one of the very last songs we played had a you know very special meaning too. If you want to talk about kind of what what that is, what the song, how it came about, and stuff like that. Um. So, <clears throat> so that song is called "The Missing Fence," um, and it's the first song on a bigger project. That's also a part of a bigger project on top of that. But the first, it's going to be a three-piece album piece over the next five, seven years. Yeah. Um. But it starts with the album called "The Blackbird." And the blackbird is going to be about my brother's accident. Um, he near drowned when I was ten, and uh, I found I was the one that found him in the pool um, that took his body out of the pool, um, called the police and everything like that. Um, and so that that first song is called "The Missing Fence." Um, it's supposed to be a uh, a metaphor and also a true story. You know, the story of how uh, he fell in the pool and lost his uh, he's he he, he was. He was brought back to life, but now he has uh, severe cerebral palsy. Mm. Um, And that song and the whole project as a whole is going to be about how he was handicapped, but also how it affected me in my life when I was a young kid and throughout my entire life. You know, the missing fence is that fence that wasn't holding me up when I needed support um, after that accident. So, um, and that project is supposed to be uh, my love letter to the and the music that got me through those times mm-hmm. um i the only thing that made me feel like i wasn't alone was sad and angry music yeah. and so that's what i'm just trying to continue that cycle to give those kids that are going through some shit or adults that are going through some shit to make sure that's like you're not alone like right. i'm i'm here for you here's the music i hope this makes you feel at least a little bit better yeah that's fucking incredible, and it's crazy that music can have that power to be like some, literally someone there for you to mm-hmm. be there, and that's what it feels like. Right? Yeah. It can be a comfort and a fuel. Yeah, which is insane. Yeah, it's uh, music has held a huge, huge portion of my life. It's been pretty much everything to me since I was for as long as I can remember. When did you start producing? Started producing about uh, almost two years ago almost probably in Christmas um, is probably about two years because mm. that's when I got the full version of FL Studio and when I started to really take it seriously mm-hmm. um, Mike has been producing for a little bit longer than I have yeah I, I've been in the music scene like DJing producing for about like four years um, I tried producing at first and um, was very on and off with it uh, and then one time I reached a point where like I kind of just gave up yeah. mm-hmm. I didn't open my DAW for eight months biggest mistake of my life but at the same time if Gabe never hit me up and say hey you know I'm kind of interested in making music maybe we should get together sometime try it out 
And, like, at first, my thought was, yeah, you know, all right, let's try it out. Let's see what happens. Like, I honestly really did not think anything of it. And now here we are, what, two years later almost? Um, we've opened for Riot 10, Haim Ghost. Uh, we've had amazing experiences, and we're not even close to where we want to be yet. Yeah, right. How much of that do you kind of chalk up to just going for experiences? Like you said, the whole eight months of not opening up the DAW, um, it's just like you don't, kind of like you don't um, get the experiences or the opportunities if you don't just try some things. I, uh, before Half Dead, um, I, w- I went by Big Mike. Mm-hmm. And um, unfortunately, <laughs> yeah, it was Big Mike. I was a little, That's awesome. I was chubbier back then too, so it's <laughs> That's awesome. Um, but like, I just, uh, I just, things weren't happening and I was younger and I was impatient and I was very unaware of how the process really works and it really took a toll on me and it made me want to give up. Um, producing is by far the hardest thing that I have ever done in my entire life. It takes so much patience and dedication and like not even I'm I'm personally not even close to where I even want to be yet. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, there's always there's always new things to learn, always ways to grow. Um, the journey's awesome. It's fun. It's the best part. It's literally, it, literally, it literally is the best part. It could take us five years. It could take us ten years, you know? Mm-hmm. It doesn't well, it doesn't matter to us. Would you say it's that continual growth and the adventures you get to have while you're on the path? Though? Exactly. So it's like you yeah. hit these landmarks, and it's like, wow, yeah. we made it. I never would have thought I would have made it here. But it's then you're with this guy the entire time. Yeah. And you, you guys did all this like crazy shit. You opened for people you never wouldn't have imagined you would have opened for. And then you watch yourself grow in the process, which is insane. The universe has a plan for us. Yeah. We're just... Riding it out. <laughs> and what do you do? You feel like deep in your gut when you're walking this path? Like this, this jives with who I am. Absolutely. Which is a very goofy way to word it, but it's like this resonates. <laughs> no, no, absolutely. Gabe and I, we both, we both feel it so, so much inside, which drives us to work even harder yeah. every single day. And like we're not gonna, we won't stop. I don't think we're ever gonna stop. I don't plan on it. I don't plan on stopping. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is our dream. Like we're so young, we're going for our dream. Uh-huh. When did it turn from just to you guys kicking back, making music to like, oh shit, this is something and we want to like pursue this together? Um, I would say that, so I played guitar for a really long time mm-hmm. and that's what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. Um, I tried to start a couple bands, um, but I was a bit too young mm-hmm. and, you know, and trying to get a bunch of 12, 13 year olds to get into a band Come and on. get committed about music is Come like... On. I was like, I'll even write it for you. Like, I'll write everything. <laughs> just play it, please. please. Um, so Shelf eventually, practice. yeah, literally. And after that, I was like, dude, fuck this. Like, I can't yeah. figure out how to make music, like, the way I want to. Um, and so I got into football because I was always, I fucking love football. Um, and so I played football for about, uh, I mean, I was playing while playing, uh, while playing guitar, but mm-hmm. I really got committed to football for about three years in high school from sophomore to senior year. Um, and then after that, I was kind of like, I don't know what I want to do. And then I went to my first rave, and <laughs> it reminded me of the days of being in dim metal. And yeah. I was like in a mosh pit at Getter, and yeah. I was like, "Is that a Rialto?" No, it was a. Uh, was that Crush twenty eighteen? Oh 17, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. I was there too. And uh, oh. and I was like, "This is fucking it right here. Like, I need this in my life right now. <laughs> and this is like, this is bringing me back to a kid, like being into asking Alexandria, fucking mm-hmm. Devil's Prada. Like, this is the same shit right here, but in a new form. 
And from that point, I was like, I want to do music. Like, I want to get back into music. I need to do music. It's the only thing I've ever been super good at and the only thing that's ever been something that fulfills me. And from that point, I would say I knew that I needed to do music again. That's incredible. Um, We've talked about it on the podcast before, but um, Getter, how... Are you are you a big fan or was that just your first first time being on the show? I'm a big fan of Getter. I okay. love Getter. His okay. Visceral project was fucking beautiful. It's incredible. And I would have like absolutely loved to see that fucking. Oh my god! Mm-hmm. I love that album from beginning to end. Yeah, that shit is a masterpiece. And we started off by talking about music that really makes you feel like somebody's there, somebody's going through something with you. That's what to me what that fucking project is. Yeah, absolutely. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like why like why did he get so much like what do you think happened there what like. Um, I personally just think that it happened too fast. Mm. Normally, like, um, the best, like, Bring Me the Horizon. They started off as this fucking deathcore, like, hard, heavy band, and now they're like a rock band. And Mm. that happened over the course of a decade. Mm. Every album that they came out with in the last decade was a little bit softer and a little bit more of what Ollie Sykes wanted to do overall. Um, and... I don't like to say this type of stuff because honestly, as an artist, he should be able to do whatever he wants to do. Yeah, right. Um, but there's a w- there is a way to do it right, and sure. like Bring Me the Horizon did that over a slow process, and now yeah. they're probably going to go down as one of the greatest bands of all time. Right. That's fair. Um, yeah, Getter Getter went from heavy heavy bass to uh, that. Yeah. yeah. And like you know, as uh, like we appreciated that yeah. so so much, but a lot of people weren't expecting that. Um, even for honestly, even for me at first, the first time I listened to it, I was like, "Dang!" I was kind of I was hoping to hear harder stuff. Yeah. yeah. But then when I re-listened to it, mm. um, you just really start to understand like exactly what he's trying to say. Yeah, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah, an authentic expression he, of himself. He as even an said he doesn't yeah. want he doesn't want to make dubstep for the rest of his career. Yeah. And like honestly, like why would why would you want to yeah. stick with one genre oh, as yeah, an artist you explore yourself and express yourself exactly, in the most way know? possible but then when you were saying about there's a right way to do it there's almost there's a way to do it where you can keep your following base and adjust them to your yeah. change in genre but he kind of was just like fuck it I'm gonna do what I want yeah. this is what feels right right now I'm gonna be authentic to me yeah. but I, I honestly personally respect that more Same. than, Same. than, yeah, than uh, milking something for like four years and being yeah. like this is alright this brings the bills in but it's like well how much do you actually what are you doing it for? What are you getting yeah. paid in? Yeah. And it's like, is it a meaningful experience? Is it authentic expression or is it something else? Yeah, unfortunately, unfortunately, we live in a world where most people aren't artists hmm. and or don't appreciate art and they just want to go and headbang while yeah. they're chomping, you know? Yeah, nothing and wrong with that Nothing either. wrong with yeah. that, but if that's all you want to do, you know, and then you hear Getter, it's like, you know, like, yeah. Disappointing. I like you know. I could see the disappointment if that's all you want to do and that's what you go to get her for. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fucking booing and throwing shit at him. Immature. Yeah. That shit is yeah. unacceptable no. in any way. Like, it sucks <laughs> to go through too. Yeah, as the like, artist. Like, oh, like, absolutely. It's like I thought you I knew me for who I was. I, I supported you. You guys yeah. supported me. I thought you were my fans. You know, like that's that's a, that was disgusting. Honestly, when yeah. I saw that, I couldn't Spe- believe that. Especially shit. in a community that's supposed to be about unity and love yeah. and respect, it's like okay. Well. <laughs> <laughs> but fuck that song. Yeah. yeah, like it's not tour. like yeah. it's not a getter towards me. Yeah, it's. <laughs> oh my goodness! But um, on that topic, though, I don't know if you guys have run into the issue yet, but um, how you react to uh, maybe unfavorable reaction to your music or 
like if somebody doesn't really fully understand a song to what like you like how you understand it is that been a problem yet or do you think it will be honestly i feel like we've gotten a pretty large like good support as far as like i don't think i've i don't think i've personally ran into any Mm. haters yeah, I, I haven't either, but I mean, if someone were to say something, you know, we would just take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. At the end of the day, everybody has their own opinion, and like, mm-hmm. they don't have to like us, yeah. but we like it, so yeah. that's, <laughs> that's what matters. Yeah. Well, that might be why you guys haven't run into haters, too, because like, you're not focused on what they're saying, you're mm-hmm. focused on what you're doing. And we, we also, like, we are very particular about what we release. Um, we take our time, like, we, we space out, we space out our stuff, you know, we want to make sure that when we release something, it sounds better every single time. Mm. You know, we don't want to make, we don't want to go backwards. We want to keep moving yeah. forward. I feel that. Yeah. So continual progression exactly. in your own eyes. It's like self-improvement as opposed to you know, trying yeah. to look better yeah. for a certain someone. It, yeah. It'd be way better if we released one amazing song every couple months versus, you know, 10 shitty songs. Right. Yeah. That's like whose timeline are you on too? If you're on your own time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We went, we didn't release anything for like seven months. Cause yeah. I, uh, we had this conversation in his truck. I moved to Phoenix for a little bit. Um, and right before that, I was like, I just don't feel confident in the quality of the music that we can make right now. And I don't want to like show that to people, you know, like mm-hmm. I want to, I want to wait until people can hear like stuff that's a quality that we find acceptable, you know? Interesting. Um, and we're like, Right now, I feel like we're at a point where we, the music is uh, good enough to like release it and everything like that. I would like to sound a little bit better, but we always, we always <laughs> but, yeah. yeah, like that's a uh, that's just how I've always been. Honestly, yeah. it's just like always can get better and always can compete with myself. Mm-hmm. So when is it? When is that tipping point? When is it like oh we should we should wait or let's pull the trigger and put this out there? Like is it just a gut feeling or? Yeah, so like, kind of get together uh, yeah. and talk about it. Like yeah. sa- Sad Boy, for example, was is the perfect example. Um, fucking phenomenal, by the way. Mm-hmm. Thank you, thank you. Thank uh, you. I, I started learning how to play the piano like six, seven months ago, mm. and I was just I was fucking around. I wrote this lead, sent it to yeah. Gabe. Gabe turned. Yeah, Gabe turned it into Turn a beautiful on. masterpiece. And like, we all came together, and then our our boy Gio, like. Right when we sent it to him, we yeah. got vocals back the next day. Like yeah. this song, this song happened so so fast. Yeah, and it feels like it just fits. It fits together. The the lyrics, the chords, it just. Oh like, yeah, we uh, the three of us we were all on a pretty like decent rough patch for mm-hmm. a little bit, and um, we were pretty we were, we expressed it pretty well into yeah. the song. Yeah. I yeah. think yeah. Giovanni's been uh, a brother of mine since we were in middle school mm-hmm. and uh, I remember he was like one of the only kids that didn't make fun of me for listening to fucking Screamo and wearing tight uh, ripped up black skinny jeans yeah. and band t-shirts and shit and uh, one of the only people that was like trying to get me to not play uh, stop playing guitar and everything like mm-hmm. that and uh, we've always been pretty uh pretty parallel artists like he's always been a rapper and into that kind of thing and mm-hmm. then I was into like the Screamo and shit but we still like got along so well as far as music goes and here we are now he lives in LA um and I just sent him that and he called me immediately he's like I already have the idea for this shit I I will get you a song well I'll I'll get you a version by tomorrow sure enough he did nice with layers not even just like dry vocals like layers it was uh mixed by his engineer that he uh works with like sent me like done vocals (laughs) yeah 
made it pretty easy on me. Yeah, I remember yeah. waking up that morning to a link, and I was like, I, 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 I literally was like, what did you just say? <laughs> what happened last night? Yeah. Do you guys feel like that's, is that the normal pattern of, of like, creativity for, like, in general, just, like, kind of slow patches, and then things will just, like, go? Yeah. Kind of slow patches? Um, Mike is really good at making intros and breaks mm. and uh, really, like, creating vibes, mm. and my strong suit is drops. Mm. Yeah, his um, his sound design is insane. Yeah. Oh my Thank god, you. so good, <laughs> so it, so good. It, it's one of the only things that I have the confidence to be like, that's my strength. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. his sound design. I fucking love doing that shit. Um, and so yeah, he'll like with with Sad Boy. He didn't. It wasn't just the chords too. He uh, cocked up the uh, the intro drums, like the the intro drums that were kind of like rolling. Yeah. Um, yep. And. Then, you know, like he's done that with this other song that we played that we have a collab with a homie Chris, District 13. Um, and he did the intro and the break and the beat and everything. And then me and Chris have been working on Zoom every um, every Wednesday on the drops and um, and everything like that. And that song is coming out fucking heavy. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, almost, it's almost done. And honestly, I personally think it's done, but Chris is, uh, he really, really, really dials it down in the mix down. He is, yeah. he knows his shit. Down to like music theory, yeah. which is awesome, which is so awesome. Yeah. Good to work with. Yeah, because yeah. that's something that like we're s- I'm still learning, mm-hmm. and like I still plan on learning. I think it's important to know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what? This is something I've I've wanted to. What do you think the importance should be for somebody getting into trying to make music of learning theory? Do you say just learn the basics and just get your, you know, get your toes wet, or is it important to learn those things? I mean, I think music theory is more down the more down the road. Okay. I think if you really wanted to start producing, like, you download whatever DAW you want to use, mm-hmm. and YouTube. Yeah. Like, you, YouTube has so many tutorials; they can teach you anything. Mm-hmm. Um, From the biggest guys too: Virtual Riot Company, uh, Code Pandorum, mm-hmm. like, name it, and they probably have a production live stream of teaching. Elenium yeah. uh, has a couple of them. Wooly. Um, Wooly does. Uh, Adair, like all of these lumberjack, like they all have, and they take you from the beginning to the end. And if mm-hmm. you just watch so those, eliminates a good one too. Yeah, and he cool. makes his videos funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you laugh, but you also learn. Yeah, yeah. it's the best combo. Yeah. I would also recommend, like, like for example, Subtronics just put on his Twitter the other day that he doesn't know any music theory and he only <laughs> makes music on sound, like mm-hmm. if it sounds good or not. Mm-hmm. And that's incredible. That's. I, I think that there's a, that's a lot there's a lot of that in the in the producing scene, um, but it does make it harder if if you're doing it by like that like that sure. like it's been much easier like I know E, I know E and E minor because I grew up playing guitar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I actually know C. I know C too because yeah. I used to drop my guitar and drop C for those fucking heavy metal songs. But uh, that's all I know, <laughs> and that makes it a little bit easier to make music just because I know what's going to be in key and what's not, and it's weird looking at the piano roll. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. But if it sounds good, it is good. That sounds yeah. good, yeah. So, well, it seems like you don't have to know how the machine works exactly in order to make some dope shit with the machine, Yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah. So um, you, don't a lot know, of, you don't need to know every nook and cranny, for yeah, instance, but you can um, know how to use it. We call them in the dubstep scene just happy accidents. Yeah. And that's most of dubstep. Honestly, you'd really? be surprised at how much of the best songs in dubstep would the, the producer would say that it's just a bunch of happy accidents that happened and came together nicely. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you this. How would you describe dubstep without using the word dubstep? Um, 
Sexy. <laughs> <laughs> robotic. Robotic. Sexy robotic. robotic. Okay. Sexy robot. Okay. I was gonna say I was gonna say robot sex, but that was too much. <laughs> yeah. Some dubstep is sexy. No, I've I've been turned on by some dubstep on the set. I'm like, damn, that shit is yeah. hot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it gets you going. Yeah. Does it remember the first time hearing um dubstep? Yep. I do. Scary Monsters and Ice Sprites. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thirteen year olds at the bus stop. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's what it was me. Bus stop, exactly, yeah. dude. On the way home in the bus, I was like, "This Goosebumps. is this is the shit." Yeah. I remember being. Uh, it was that and uh, Flux Pavilion. I can't stop. Yeah, face yeah. cannon too. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, I remember I was going snowboarding when I was want to say fourteen. Um, and I stayed up all night waiting for Bangarang to come out, and I bought that shit immediately. It's back when we used to buy it, too. Yeah, it <laughs> yeah, dude. Before fucking streaming was such a normal thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I bought that shit, and I had that EP on repeat the entire snowboard trip. That shit was the perfect fucking vibe for that whole yeah. trip. I loved Ripping it. down the slopes to dubstep. Yeah. Sounds like this visceral experience. Of that dubstep, <laughs> fucking Bangarang, Skrillex dubstep. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. That was a different world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome to see how EDM and all that's just blown up in the past. What, like, what do you guys think it's been like, what, like six, seven years? Because it started becoming big and like when we were in middle school, yeah. 12, 13, and there was always that underbelly of electronica that was there but that just slowly built up and then now it's in the pop scene, mm-hmm. which is interesting because I feel like it wasn't 10 years ago, at least oh, as no. much. Like raves weren't a big thing, festivals were not really in the picture and it was more rock and roll music yeah. or rap or screamo type stuff you know yeah i think i i personally think that dubstep can hit the same levels that metal did in the early 2000s like of mice and men is still sitting on multiple songs with like 120 million views Mm -hmm. and like nobody's hitting that in the dubstep scene like even excision only has like um i say only but in comparison to the rest of music world he's only got like 30 million play songs and Mm -hmm. he's like the biggest in the fucking game Mm -hmm. and they so that just shows you like dubstep is still not even at that like no. metal level and I think that it can hit that I think that ADM overall is going to become like it is in Europe because mm-hmm. yeah. rap is ob- very obviously dying so is the rest of like the pop music we know today mm-hmm. and what's getting fucking huge EDM and once EDM takes over like that I think dubstep is going to get brought with it as well mm-hmm. I think it I mean dubstep is already kind of taken over you know yeah. there, there's literally strictly just bass festivals yeah. Yeah. yeah you know yeah which I think yeah, is yeah, awesome. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's great. Yeah, it's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yep. People want that, dude. They want to just like release whatever's in them, the bad energy, stuff like yep. that, which I think you guys do a fantastic job in your music. Thank you. It's just getting those like negative feelings out of you and then just releasing them somewhere. And then you guys have the ability to turn it into an art at the same time, which is awesome. Thank you. It's funny. When I, uh, growing up, I never, I was never, I never listened to music, honestly. Really? I was the kid that listened to the radio. Um, I played the viola though in elementary school. Uh, I honestly wish I would have switched to like the violin and like kept going. But if I'm gonna be honest, the reason I stopped was because you know it was gay (laughs) to play to play an instrument in middle school. You know what I mean? So I stopped and like I also had like such a big personality as a kid and like once I once I hit high school, I kind of like lost all that. Yeah. So. 
uh, God, because I get excited during these types of conversations, but so did it really resurge when you got back into music, though, so that part of you, you feel like you left behind when you were younger, came back, and then you yeah, were like, man, I, I can express who I actually feel like I am. I, I definitely think so, yeah. Um, when I first, because I, I started raving when I was like 17, 18, like right when it was like starting to get popular, um, mm-hmm. my buddy wrote for Relentless Beats, so he got one free guest list with him. So he took me to every show Mm -hmm. and like I was literally that rave kid. I was at every show. (laughs) I was taking Snapchats on my phone. I was I was literally that I was (laughs) that kid, you know, and I had so much fun. And like I started to finally find myself again through that. Um, Wasn't a big fan. of. I liked dubstep, but I wasn't the biggest fan of it Mm. um, until I went with uh, my boys. to EDC and experience the bass pod, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, after after that, um, changed completely changed me. Like yeah. the the way that dubstep uh, makes me feel, like other music does not make me feel mm-hmm. that way. It's so cool. It makes me feel so like just good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of our uh, when we first started doing this, and we decided to go with like the, the Baphomet head um, and the pentagrams, um, yeah. was uh, like what. Uh, what he was talking about with the dubstep like bringing people together it's like the whole vision was to create like a hell like a hell for all these like lost souls to find a home together with um, mm-hmm. and using these these like scary image imagery to be like you know if this is the only thing you identify with so me too and uh-huh. so and the rest of the kids in these in this uh, in this mosh pit in front of here you know it's like a Corey Taylor from Slipknot said like mosh pits are there so that we can all just have fun together and uh-huh. get our rage out together you know we're not supposed to be hurting each other we're right. supposed to be getting an etiquette out to together. it yeah. yeah we're supposed to be yeah, getting our energy together to remind ourselves that we're not doing this alone mm-hmm. you go to a place together and share an experience yeah and it's exactly. like it's more than just a physical place you get to experience it on other levels which yeah on the, you're on both very level. spiritual but there's a spiritual component to that in my opinion or at least a deep psychological component it's like i'm in a physical place but my mind and my soul are doing things that are not exactly in this one physical place yeah. and it's awesome and yeah. you just kind of like intertwine with all of it yep that's one of the, the waves man the vibes yeah dude that that's great. the thing that really made me love with the, it fall in love with the edm community overall and being at festivals and everything like that that energy is just palpable like yeah. being in a fucking like especially in the bass scene the bass scene is so fucking awesome i love like at bass pod last edc like whenever we'd go to other stages we would run into just those guys every time like mm-hmm. just name it anything that you find annoying in a crowd you would find it but then we would go to bass pod and it would be like i was at home like these yeah. fuck like it's your someone, clan. yeah like my clan like my homies like uh as soon as we go in this dude just looks at us and just like hands us a blunt and this is during the <laughs> ganja white night yeah, <laughs> like, oh. yeah my favorite my yeah, fucking, oh, my legends, yeah. um but i was and then these people this girl walked by me and she was like in tears of happiness and i just looked at her and i was like i fucking feel you this is home right yeah. here and then the trip, even within, like, you know, the, the subgenre of EDM, there's, like, those families or clans, like, the different styles. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's also, if you do it correctly, too, or if the culture's right, you can really just, it's not really strict barriers to yeah. getting into different groups. It's just like, is this where you feel comfortable? Cool. Like, you're here with us now. You want to go yeah. over there? No hard feelings. Mm-hmm. It's just like go around, experience different people, and the borders just dissolve, which is awesome. Yeah. And then they're very loose and like wavy borders, which That's is. That's what cool. Mike does when we go to, in groups. He'll just 
pop in and out. We'll yeah. go together, and then he'll disappear and yeah. come back. <laughs> <laughs> come back at the most random times <laughs> every time. Yep. That's awesome. Yep. So, um, I said that without having a question lined up. I just said, uh, so anyways. <laughs> yeah, guys. Anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, so the idea of Half Dead was just kind of... Um, a collection of like lost souls basically who's um like was it both you guys kind of just trying to riff off each other and find a, like a so band? uh i went to the disciple takeover in 2018 oh shit i think it was 2018 that's when we started right and um i was like so blown away by this show like it was literally one of the coolest shows i've ever been to in my entire life and the next day um, I was just trying to think of a really sick name because we were we were both trying to figure out a sick name, and then I I thought of Half Dead, um, and like he loved it, and that's just like where it started right there. We used to be known as Crank. Yeah, crank? yeah, mm. Crank K R A N K because it means sick in German. Yeah, mm. yeah, but that was only for like a couple weeks maybe. Yeah, and then we weren't that. a big fan of it. It was like yeah. a lot. It was kind of like, oh shit, we need a name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's put something in place. Yeah, oh, and then uh, one time I saw because I we knew that we wanted to go like with the whole dark mm-hmm. like, vibe, mm-hmm. um, especially like I grew up listening to Slipknot and fucking Devil Wears Prada, like all these like hardcore fucking uh, bands. Especially Slipknot. I always wanted to wear masks like Slipknot, mm-hmm. um, which we've talked about doing. But uh, why not? Yeah, yeah it's it, so it'd be sick. pretty sick. Um, but so the whole plan was to do something dark. And I remember I saw a picture of like a black goat. I guess it's a real thing, like a mm-hmm. black goat, and they have, they have like four horns mm-hmm. what? coming down. Yeah, it's like, like demonic. Yeah, yeah, demonic as fuck. And like, there's two horns going up and there's two horns going down. And I was like, that is fucking sick. <laughs> I was like, that is fucking sick. <laughs> that, is that should be our logo. And uh, we eventually didn't go with the black goat because uh, we got we went with Baphomet. Okay. Um, but if it's with the pentagram on his forehead, mm. but the pentagram in, in the occult um, and ceremonial magic means is for protection and mm-hmm. for peace. Did not know that. Yeah. Okay. What was the name of the Baph- Baphomet? Baphomet. Okay. What's the story of that? Um, it's magic with a K, right? Yeah, magic yep. with a K. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, Baphomet is just basically a deity. Uh, that is, he represents the, the, uh, by, basically he represents, he represents duality. Mm -hmm. So he's a human with a goat head. Um, he's a male with boobs. He has, uh. It's like the androgynous. Yeah. Mixture. He's where the duality meets. Yeah. He represents duality and humanity. Um, and not even just humanity and spirituality and life. Um, a lot of people think he's Satan, but he's not. He's just a, he just has a goat head like Satan, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's a little bit more pagan. It's a little bit more like yeah. um, doesn't look like a human, and it's a little bit more mythological. Yeah. And I think sometimes people nowadays will see that and go like, "Oh my God, Satan worshiper!" But it's like you really look at the symbolism. It's like, well, there's more to it. It's just communicating it differently. If you yeah. look back to even it's almost like even shamanic to an extent where you're yeah. looking at things, and it's like it's animal spirits and expressing it through that. And mm-hmm. It's just deeper rooted. It's a little yeah. bit more earthy. Yeah, exactly. Um, Baphomet is, uh, or just like all of ceremonial magic, I feel like is kind of demonized, or like anything that people don't understand, especially in America, like as a as a country that's been like born and created on Christianity and mm-hmm. Catholicism. Um, anything that is even remotely something that they don't recognize is automatically 
fucking Satan worship and witchcraft, and yeah. they don't like it. They yeah. could even say it was founded on the more dogmatic parts of Christianity, yeah. too. So it's like the rules, what you can do, what you can't, so they yeah. can keep order, as opposed to the more religious aspects that are just as trippy mm-hmm. as ceremonial magic. Yeah, actually, I was, crazy. Just on my, I was just on my Instagram story, because I've, I've been putting a bunch of stuff on my Instagram story lately about how uh, Jesus was not Christian, he wasn't Jewish, he wasn't, he, if anything, if you look at his teaching, he was probably Buddhist. He, there, yeah. there's a lot of, and there's a lot of uh, evidence of, of the Catholic Church and the Vatican and all of these early religions um, using mushrooms in the beginning of their yeah. creation. It's a tool. Yeah, and there's even ancient paintings of mushrooms of the red. Uh, it's I forget, it starts with uh, the name. Yeah, no, it's got the white about. spots. It's a red yeah. mushroom. There's tons of of drawings of that of like being with Jesus and being with no way the, yeah mm-hmm. with the early creations even the Vatican you knew this too? yeah in the Vatican I, after this you guys should look at my Instagram story I have a bunch of stuff like that on yeah there. for sure um, I just learned about it after him posting it I was like oh my god <laughs> a lot of the stuff that they design a, a lot of the stuff that they design is uh, like based on mushrooms um some of the way that the priest, the red on top and the white on the bottom, yeah. mushroom. That was based off of that? Yeah. Wow. That's um, very interesting. Yeah. When you think about how those types of trips influenced the direction of, of how we built our societies and stuff like that when we were low, low is not the right word, but less developed and less technologized, so, but like we, that influenced our psychology yeah. and how we viewed our environment. I personally think, so I'm about to get crazy right now. <laughs> Go for it, I you're think, at home right now. <laughs> I personally believe on my own psychedelic adventures and my own anecdotal experience with the people I've talked to in these situations that I think that we are test subjects from a higher, um, from a higher technologically advanced race. Mm-hmm. And I think that mushrooms were given to primitive beings as a, te- as a study to see what would happen and I think that and I, so there's evidence of so there's etchings in the pyramids about um, UFOs coming down and teaching the Egyptians about um, about the, the secrets of the stars higher knowledge about how to possess energy if you look at the pyramids they're tremendous at storing energy within, uh-huh. within them um, and I think that in, throughout history with uh, DMT so uh back up again Moses when he reached the burning bush he uh, it's thought that that burning bush is high in DMT because he was in Jerusalem Mm -hmm. and a lot of those plants are high in DMT in the roots Um, and so he spoke to entities and he came back and a lot of people in the Bible it says he came back as an old man but I feel like that's a mistranslation came back wise came back wise yeah Mm -hmm. and he came back saying all this stuff about gods and everything like that I personally and so DMT now, a lot of people say the same thing, that they come into contact with technologically advanced beings in, uh-huh. that, in that realm. And Energetically advanced, too, yeah. where there's another plane of consciousness. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I think, I personally think that they're all connected. I feel like aliens from a futuristic being have figured out how to travel between these universes, and I feel like they've been pulling the streams of the, of the human race since the beginning of time mm. through psychedelic usage. Yeah, no, I'm with it. That's what I master puppets kind yeah. of. Yeah, like they've been kind of hmm. like, hmm, you know, like let's pull them this way or see what they do. Yeah. And we have yeah. enough agency to kind of walk through yeah. life. But then, kind of how Mike was bringing up too, it's like I feel like we all have a path, and we're just walking it once we find it. And then you kind of walk into that feeling of like, oh, I'm where I need to be right now. Mm-hmm. And then maybe that's more what we kind of try to get aligned with. And maybe that was part of 
in this thought experiment, the plan from those creatures. And yeah. it's like, what are they going to do when they have a choice to drink all day and yeah. do whatever they want to do, or they could do this path that's super meaningful to them, yeah. and that actually fulfills them more. And that you could say is them becoming, and now I'm getting trippy, but that is you becoming the Christ, or that's you yeah. becoming the Buddha. And it's mm -hmm. more, it's less a person, more of a state of being. Yes. And then you try to connect with it. I 100, that's exactly what I believe as well. Yeah. Um, it's just. Really cool thing about ceremonial magic, too. You hit a jackpot right here because I love this <laughs> shit. But really interesting about that is it's, it's setting intentions in your environment, and mm -hmm. you come up different ways to interact with your environment I think that's extremely therapeutic yeah um, one thing about ceremonial magic that I read that was super interesting is uh, the robes and the spells and the garb and everything like that isn't actually because they believe that it works is that it's a trick on the mind mm -hmm. and that the more you sell that kind of thing the more your mind thinks it's real mm -hmm. and so that's what it's all about so if you, you can you can uh, be a magician in that a magician with the K um, in that sense without doing any of the robes as long as your mind is on the track of like you really believe that this is going to work and you can manifest that mm -hmm. creation okay. and that's what um, chaos magic is about you know like there's no deities there's no baphomet or anything like that that the ceremonial magic guys actually go out of their way to uh, summon for certain things um, mm -hmm. chaos magic is like if you want to fucking, if you want to get Batman in front of you and get Batman to help you out as a deity, then you can. You just have to be able to manifest that with your mind, Damn. and that's what magic is all about, mm -hmm. you know. So do you, do you guys put a lot into that, like uh, manifestation? Like yeah, I uh, I do manifestation meditations um, almost every day. Every yeah, day. well, it's yeah. kind of like intention There's yeah. is there overlap there between like intention med meditation and affirmations? Because then you could go like I'm gonna like this is where I'm at. This is what's right for me. This is what I'm me locking into what my path is. And then you kind of kind of create it as you walk because your focus gets honed on something. Yeah, that's yeah. more of a mental stretching it's like a mental yeah. yoga yeah. it's like this is what i want to focus on it's like all a, bullshit aside like yoga thing. is a perfect word for it i mm. think because it's it's a it's like an exercise you know like it's just helping your brain and it's helping you and mm. project yeah. those things out into your real life and get the things that you want yeah it's there's also an aspect to it as well which i think is interesting yeah you, the if you need you need a good intention honestly yeah. i've noticed that like if your intentions are pure and like your intentions are real like things will happen for yeah. you, but you know if you have if you have the bad mindset, that's you won't see it. You won't see a change. If you're yeah. doing it to do harm to others, and if you're doing it to get something quickly, and because you want to like own something or some person, I think it doesn't go well. But exactly. if it's like this is for the yeah. collective, this is so it drive, drives with other people <laughs> or like vibes with them. Yeah. Like I'm doing this so I can spread goodness, I guess. And then like you're saying, maybe. It, it, the path comes quicker in mm -hmm. that sense. I uh, I recently bought myself a journal. Um, I've been it's been a little over a month now, and uh, every morning I'll write down uh, my short term goals, long term goals, uh, and then I'll uh, I'll manifest in my journal as well. Mm -hmm. yeah. and, uh, it's honestly I love it. It it's, keeps me on the right path. I remind myself three different times a day because I write in it three different times a day. I got notifications on my phone to let me know when it's time. Mm -hmm. So every day I get to, get to reread it to myself three times a day. And it really, really, really does help. And it sounds stupid because, um, you know, last year Gabe actually told me to, that I should get a notebook and write down my goals because that's what he was doing. And mm -hmm. I was like, okay, that sounds cool. But I never really took that step to take it. And then once I finally did, I realized like, wow, this is like 
I should I should have done it right when he told me to do it the first time. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it's very like it's very awesome. Do you feel like it helps you create a relationship with yourself? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You you develop this kind of work ethic, because obviously you can't just manifest something and not do anything about it. You know, like you you do have to work for it. Mm-hmm. But the more you remind yourself of what you want, it makes you want it more, and it makes mm-hmm. you work harder. 100%. Have, have you guys noticed differences in your life when you are feel like you are on the right path? You're intentionalizing things, and if you're doing meditation, having the right ooh, <laughs> having the right um, mindset about things. Have you noticed things like going differently in your life, and how, like how so? Absolutely, I um, I recently I started learning how to day trade like four months ago, mm-hmm. and when I first started, I was like, I'm gonna do this, and I'm gonna make. Bank yeah. because I had friends. Like two days. I, yeah, exactly. I, I had friends who were making 15, 20K a month still to this day. Like, I watched one of my friends make $15,000 trading gold in five minutes. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, whatever I'm doing right now is not what I should be doing. Um, so, I started and I started learning, and like, I was in it for the money and I wasn't having success. And the moment I switched to uh, learning the mastering the it's a craft you know it really is like mm-hmm. mastering the mindset learning how to do it not worrying about how much money you're making i immediately started seeing much more success with my trades well, do you think you started loving the process and the act yes. instead of the result exactly yeah. like I, it is so i love doing it it is so fun mm-hmm. like it, i i love how i love watching how the stock market moves like it makes me want to know more about how our economy works um it's great and like, but yeah, once once my intentions changed, I started having much more success with it. Mm-hmm. You lock into it, and it's, it's almost it's funny how that parallels to so many things in life too. Because you're gonna like hate a class in college, for instance, if all you're thinking about is getting an A the entire time, and then everything's stressful and everything's in your way to get that A. But if you change the focus to like, I'm gonna talk to this person, I'm gonna start relationships, I'm gonna look at like how does this actually apply to my life? If I want to stay in this class, then you can just look at different perspectives or. Even little shit, dude. Yeah. Like, I'm not eating a sandwich and then thinking about how I just want to be full right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's like this avocado still. Like, it's awesome. And that, that plays into the entire, uh, uh, the Buddhist belief of happiness can only exist within the present. Mm-hmm. And you can't sit there and be mm-hmm. like, the result, the result, the result, because you're going to miss all, everything. The entire path. And yeah. you might not even get to that result that you want because you're not enjoying the process. Well, it comes back into the whole future is an illusion, past is an illusion. Yeah. Because you know? all that actually is real is right now. Exactly. Technically, and then like every little millisecond and moment as it flows, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, there was yeah, the whole intention thing, you know, like um, I was I was thinking a while back, uh, it's like, what is the difference between like a guy like Elenium who's you know, a superstar at this point, um, or, you know, someone like Arm & Hammer, or, a, like, a smaller emotional, uh, duo or, uh, producer, right. uh, you know, and what's the difference between him and some of these guys that are on YouTube that are, like, sound like a Lenium in five minutes, yeah, exactly. you know, <laughs> and I'm, like, what's the difference here, um, and I started to really, like, think about it and learn about Lenium's life, and, uh, the difference is that, a lot of these guys are writing these emotional songs about like girls or something super, you know, like relatable like that. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. But Elenium's music is about his drug abuse mm-hmm. and he was addicted to heroin for a long time. Um, it's yeah, a deeper chord. It's a yeah. deeper chord wow. and the whole intention was different. You know, he was out there really just trying to put a message out there and tell his story. 
think about how much comes with an addiction too because it's like your own psychology of why am I addicted to this how they get off of it what, mm-hmm. what's happening that's a whole spiritual deep psychological yeah, journey to get through all of that and then that goes into his art it's like holy <laughs> fuck yeah because then he gets all of that out and it's crazy and people feel that feel people it. feel the intention you know like you can really tell the difference between an artist that just wants to make music just for because they want the clout behind the music mm-hmm. and the yeah. person that wants to really just spread a message and yeah. people feel that then that I feel like is the difference between the people that really like hit that superstar status and the people that kind of stay in that mid-tier range um i do think there's a lot of mid-tier range guys that don't see the success that they deserve but overall i feel like the the big difference is intention and like what you're doing it for like what's the message right and sometimes what'll happen and i'm not saying it's all of capitalism but just sometimes how the machine's structured is you'll have someone who's maybe low tier or low mid-tier mediocre but gets really great marketing and really good connections and just like boop you're at the festivals, but as opposed to the dude who might be not as big, but has authentic, awesome music, and he doesn't get the same following. And, yeah. But then it comes into the whole long game, which is short yeah. game thing, because you develop an authentic relationship with your fans, and you're authentically you, and then that doesn't burn out quick. Mm-hmm. But then there's like gasoline in the fire, and then you can have great marketing, you're like, check me out, one hit yeah. wonder, and then they try to see what you are as an artist, and you can't express mm-hmm. it anymore, because mm-hmm. you went in it for the clout. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. really interesting. Seen that a lot really, really? Um, yeah like I just, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome that's great that's great yeah, yeah. Seen that, I mean seen that a lot in the big stage seen that a lot in the local scene yeah. um, it happens everywhere it's really yeah. just dependent some people get lucky with the clout chasing and end up on that main stage yeah you get that high yeah, yeah. they get that high um, and it's like drugs up, dude yeah exactly and uh, you know there. I mean there is a market for clout chasers honestly there's a lot of you know people that want to listen to very uh main staging music you know mm-hmm. and that's cool that's totally mm-hmm. cool there's a there's a spot for them um so you know whatever do you feel like you can drink i'm on one i'm sorry you can drink quick get drunk or you can have a buzz and just last a long time that kind of seems like what can happen sometimes you can yeah. drink and it the, all up there's like, a there's, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of djs that um they're only gonna get so far you know like a lot of a lot of them they always forget about the bigger picture you have to understand the bigger picture because if you don't then you'll never see it yeah that's awesome that's really profound (laughs) it's got a little chills (laughs) chills. um do you think that's um i know you're not in that scenario where you're cloud chasing but do you think when it gets to the end result of getting to where you want to be there really should be no destination but do you think it's less meaningful in that scenario than if it's like a true message you're trying to put out there and you get to a point where people are really hearing your stuff and um, I think that's just like more meaningful than if you were to do it for the clout yeah oh yeah like, if if one if one of our songs can make someone's day make one person's day yeah. that's all that fucking matters yeah. to mm-hmm. us like it we're not doing this for money we're not we're, we want yeah, we, we're not doing it for that stuff you know like we, we genuinely want to help in whatever way we possibly can uh-huh. yeah um, our manager Brett um, and, Tuna. and Tuna, they both, uh, they when they listen to the Missing Fence, uh, they're both just like I hear a different story every single time, and the people that they show mm. uh, are are both are all like that shit is like I feel I can hear my own message, you know, and that was what is what is really about you know like yeah. spreading that message of the things that happened to me but also being able to hit the pull the heartstrings of somebody else due to their own issues right you know? and that's like mike said like 
if one fucking person comes to me and says like this shit pulled a heartstring and just gave me a shoulder to cry on Mm -hmm. like fucking gold achieved you know Mm -hmm. like that's what i want to do that's what we want to do um and yeah you have an awesome manager too if he allows you guys to explore like that because we we literally like we they're so awesome i we we couldn't be happier to have them like be a part of our the team yeah literally it's great because i feel like some managers would look at that and be like you know what you guys really need to stay on brand it seems like you're pivoting your story too much but like you he was able to just see it and be like you guys had a different story this time and it's fucking awesome yeah and then that's just such a different way to like look at the game (laughs) with someone and i'm really happy for you guys that you got that yeah hopefully on on top of being great managers brett and tuna are fucking homies Mm -hmm. yeah even if like before they were our managers they were our homies like they were doing it beforehand uh with dfe um but and before that just hanging out with them i felt like i was hanging out with some of my high school homies that i grew up with Mm, right like we had been homies for years you know and uh i think that also really matters you know like is getting a team of homies right not just a team of people that can fill spots because they're good at what they do um it's like classic fucking mafia shit it's like i can get a better one of this I can get a better one of this. Why do you think I stick with this? Yeah, it's like yeah exactly. Loyalty. It's true. It's like, um, like you said, you're big into football. You know, it's like a football. So you can get a team of all stars. Doesn't mean they're gonna play with shit. Yeah, uh, I was on a football team like that in high really? school. Of just some of the best athletes in Arizona, but every single one of them only cared about themselves. So we didn't yeah. even make playoffs that year. Yeah, yeah. And we were projected to win state that year. Really? Yeah. And that's the perfect example of that. A ton of kids came from different schools. Some of the best kids came to our school to play, and we didn't do anything because they all just wanted to see themselves do it, you know? They wanted the club for themselves. Yeah. They, wanted, they weren't looking at the team goal. Yeah. Yep. Well, it feels like you got to love the people you're on the proce- in the process with. It's almost like you're in the Odyssey, like the ship, and you're traveling through and you're going around I the mean, world, but you got to like the people you're with. We're, exactly. we're, at, I mean, we're at a point now in our lives, like, there's... We have no time for any kind of toxic negative energy like right on there's a bubble that surrounds us and <laughs> that negative energy just bounces right back where it came from like yeah. we don't let any of it in uh, our circle is very small and i'm very happy about that we have a really good group of people so who who when you guys are in your creative process you it seems like you're your biggest critics but do you ever take other people's input and Absol- go like how do i change the process absolutely okay absolutely yeah if, um Someone tells us, like, it sucks, like, we'll figure out why it sucks, you know what I mean? And then who do you guys consult for that stuff, though? Is it, so it's not a toxic person that are giving you, like, actually constructive advice? Like, um, what's your process for we that? We have a pretty big group of uh, producer friends yeah, okay. like, that we send it out. So they look at it like an actual piece of art as yeah, opposed absolutely. to, like, fuck like, you, man. Like, <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, Chris uh, Heath up in Phoenix District 13. Yeah, this guy right here. Nice. Uh, a- Alex, uh, Alex the Lad, uh, cr- other other Chris here in Tucson. He goes by Gasp. He's so talented. Yeah. He's one of the best songwriters, I think, in Tucson. If yeah. I'm going to be honest, yeah. um, we have him. yeah we have there's a lot of really really talented people here that actually genuinely want to help. Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah, that are homies. That are homies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're locked into that frequency where it's like we're all just trying to make the best possible mm-hmm. product possible. And uh, we we've also been lucky enough to work with Dak Daniels, and he really um, he really helped yeah. push our production game up pretty quick. Yeah, one hundred percent. Like very is, very very yeah. quick. So he, he and he's a homie. He's a homie. Yeah, he's, he's a, a homie. fucking homie. Yeah, he's <laughs> a fucking homie. Uh, he uh, just like getting that 
that uh, feedback from someone that's like on that fucking level, mm-hmm. like has their own label and everything like that, like from the ears of that, and he just like says things that never would have even crossed my mind, like ever. Mm-hmm. Um, that type of shit is really just like monumental in the process, like getting that those professional ears, those yeah. experienced ears that have been through it for years and years and years. You know that shit really helps. Mm-hmm. Me, Michael, and Alex, because we did it with Alex, and Alex is my roommate. We have a couple songs with. We had, our first EP was with him, so yeah, that that shit was highly recommend if you're getting into producing to find some type of mentor. At least yeah, for a little bit. Ma- at least like when you get to a point where you know what you're doing, uh, that's when I think you should get a mentor. Mm-hmm. It's it's it'll be it's worth every penny. Yeah, yeah. Wooly's Wooly fucking company was Wooly's mentor. Wooly hired company. And, yeah, and they. That's why. That's why. Yeah, <laughs> now they're fucking homies, best yeah. friends, and the and they're both big as fuck. All in summer, right? Yeah, that's incredible. Wooly looks like a excision's like fatter son. I I went to Base Canyon last year, and when Excel, oh. when Wooly played, Excision came up with an eye like. I swear to God, they looked so identical. It was so scary. I was like, whoa. I don't know. Switch out for each other. I was just put like, a hat what on. the fuck? <laughs> What's your guys' um, relationship with um, Alex? I mentioned a couple times Alex a lot. Because the first time I saw you guys live, it was um, you guys were right after each other. And it just seemed like so seamless. You guys are fucking like you killed it. Yeah, he, we he's on, on he's a brother like yeah. straight up. He he is a brother like he. Never met. Oh okay. Yeah. Oh nice. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah, he he's one of our brothers and, like we're all we'll all be coming up together. Yeah. 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 Isn't that cool to think of like a couple of years down the road? Mm-hmm. Like you guys were living together. And, and, yeah. And he also like he has been such an amazing mentor to both of us yeah. because like he. He is so talented. Mm, like it, yeah. he's a great. Un- he is un- unbelievably talented. He's been doing this for like seven years. You know, yeah. like way longer than us. Mm. Um, so we're very, very blessed to have someone like him help us out and like be such a close friend to us as well. Yeah, he uh, like we said, uh, our first EP was with him, and we have a lot of collabs with him that are probably not ever coming out. But uh, oh. but we have a not lot of for stuff. a long time yeah. at least. I know there's a couple that are for sure coming out because he's gonna drop an album soon, really? and there's gonna be a couple songs on there that are us uh, with him. Um, but yeah, we. I mean, I, I'm his roommate, so we'll always like just cook something up randomly. Yeah. Like we'll mm-hmm. just go through splice sometimes and just find like a cool little sample mm-hmm. and make it into a song. Yeah, yeah. the homie. <laughs> That'd be cool. Do you guys just kind of stick to your own when you like are creating, or do you guys put together or? Um, both. Both. Both, yeah. There'll be a lot of times where we're both kind of individually working, and then yeah. other times we're just smoking in someone's room, and then uh, a, a new sample pack will come out, and mm. we'll just, like, go through it, and then all of a sudden we'll be like, that shit's fucking dope! Yeah. Let's <laughs> throw it in, in Ableton or FL Studio, and uh, let's fucking make something out of it, and uh, that's how They're Here came about, the one that's uh, with Duke Nukem. I don't yeah. Know, yeah. yeah. Um, that's how that one came about. We were just listening to Duke Nukem samples on YouTube and you're like this is this would be sick on a dub song <laughs> I was like I think that is I was gonna ask you guys yeah. afterwards and we like funny. spliced it together so it would say like half dead half dead half dead oh, and, that's funny. Uh, and his drop is like A-T-L A-T-L um, yeah. mm-hmm. that's that dope that's fun. dope <laughs> 
I feel like that's a cool part. I mean, it happens in other genres, but it seems like um, dubstep, you can have a little bit of fun with things. Like, there's a lot of, like, and you guys have said there's a couple parts that were funny. You know, yeah. like, you just fuck around and just throw yeah. something in there. Yeah, when, um, when Uber, like, pretended to get his face tat, yeah. I, like, imme- I was like, oh my god, this is the outro for. We, I, we had a song called Freak Show with Gasp, and um, I was like, this is the outro right here. This is it. <laughs> <laughs> this is it. Yeah, whenever I'm, uh, whenever I just want to have fun and not really think about it too much, I, I'll make dubstep. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I want to be an artist and a musician and really think about it, I'll make sad stuff, like Sad Boy or Missing Fence or mm-hmm. uh, stuff like that, yeah. That makes sense. Dubstep is just fun. Like, yeah. super fun to make. Yeah. <laughs> Do you feel like dubstep is as much of an emotional release for you as the Sad Boy type stuff? Yeah, or, it, depends on what kind different? Of, it depends on what kind of dubstep. Like, because like, there's a difference between, like, you know, like, uh, Pray For Rhythm by Virtual Riot. When you hear that shit, it's like, this is a good fucking time, like, let's headbang, but if you hear some shit, like, terrible by sudden death, that's, like, fucking angry, like, we're getting this shit out together, you know, so it just depends on what kind of dubstep you're making, you know, like, but I feel like it's totally, um, I have, we, we didn't get to play a song, we have another original that we didn't play called Why, Mm -hmm. and that one's, uh, dubstepy, but it's very sad, like, Mm -hmm. there's stuff that's around it, uh, is very soft and very, there's a lot of female vocals in the offbeats, um, things like that. So I guess everybody's just gonna have to wait to see us play it live. Yeah, whatever yeah. that's yeah. allowed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys missing out, or are you guys taking this as a time to just work and get better? I mean, I feel like we're, all, we're we're always gonna miss it, but yeah, like I said, like we we've been trying to capitalize on this time yeah. really really hard. Yeah, um, can't wait to get back on stage. Hopefully soon. It's fucking crazy. I feel like there's a lot of artists that are just oh, chomping yeah. at the bit to get back out there and they have all this music and they want to release it. And I feel like once COVID ends, it's going to be such an interesting period where people, oh. everyone, everyone's going to be going out. Everyone's going to be like finding a new favorite person. Yeah. Everyone's going to be like having new relationships and hookups. Everyone's going to be seeing festivals and just like releasing that energy that's been so cooped up for mm-hmm. months on end. Yeah. I mean, we're going on a year probably pretty soon. So About to be. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that was a trip to think about, fuck. Yeah. Well, no, I think tw- I think twenty twenty has honestly been a huge energy shift. Yeah, yeah. yeah, huge. Like, there's been so much just built up energy in Earth because Earth is one big energy field, you know. Yeah, yeah. and I, this year she finally said, "Fuck it, <laughs> I'm sick of you guys." <laughs> yeah. You guys need to chill out. Yeah, you need to calm down. Listen to things for a little bit. The psychedelic renaissance. Reflect. Yeah, I, think I think so. Yeah. I think there's yeah. gonna be a big shift in consciousness coming up in a little bit, at least with people being more aware and more mindful about just, uh, their lives. I just saw a report um, that said that. Uh, some uh, LSD research for pain relief got mm. passed with $30 million of uh, research money by the FDA mm. for pain relief. Really? Yeah. And what type of pain? Like physical or psychological? Uh, migraines. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. And same thing with mushrooms. I guess it's supposed to go on the ballot for medical use in Colorado soon. Yep. Yeah. Oregon um, as well. And that's fucking, that's the shit that I've been... <laughs> fucking buying for since I the first time I ever took mushrooms and acid like that shit is like that shit changed my life forever I was 19 no probably 18 um, and I took like an eighth of shrooms and the only thing I got were visions of just like doing the same thing every single day for the rest of my life and like coming to my uh, friends and just talking about the same things until we die Um, and I was like yeah. yeah I was like I 
cannot do that. <laughs> I need to like I need to start getting my shit together. I need to start fucking working. Like I need to start like really chasing after like my dreams and not just you know sitting here smoking weed and not really chasing anything. You know. Right. And from then on, I fucking I used to be known as like a lazy ass kid in high school, and uh, now uh, I've he's had just fat. <laughs> now I'm just fat. <laughs> Now, uh, I've had multiple friends comment my work ethic, yeah. um, and it was because of that mushroom trip, and I feel like everybody yeah. could use a little bit of ego death. Yeah, just you know? look at your world differently, how yeah. do you interact with it? Yeah. A lot of people don't get a new perspective, and no? that forces, like, millions of perspectives on you. Whether you want or not. I, yeah. Think, yeah. I think everybody that doesn't have a family history of psychosis should be trying yeah. these drugs. Yeah. I agree. I agree. In my non-professional, what he's I, telling you is everybody do them right now. <laughs> I I really found my love for music again through psychedelics. Yeah. Like that psychedelics were we like lit that fire inside me that I knew I always had deep down. I was just always so afraid to let it out because I just like that's just who I was. I was just a very insecure and like just didn't want to take risks at all about anything mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so it, it truly is like yeah it, it's a life it really is life-changing for yeah. a lot of people yeah i think a lot of people they need they could benefit a lot from just giving that paradigm shift you know, perspective shift like mm-hmm. this is what my world could be like this is where i am this is something i genuinely love but i've been ignoring because i'm insecure if yeah. in your case specifically and then what happens, like you said, thousand different different paths get thrown on you. And usually the one that's the most strong-armed is usually the one that is forced upon you the most. So it's mm-hmm. like, you should get this job, this salary, retirement, fund this. And that's, yeah. a, that's a stereotype, but happens to a lot of people. And it's like, well, I really love music. It's mm-hmm. like, well, motherfucker, realistically, you just need to pay your bills, make sure you're healthy and happy, and take care of your life. And you can do whatever you want. Like, yeah. go explore. It's, it's your game. Yeah. You're, the own, you're the character of your story exactly and then go on adventure yeah um, uh, it's just getting people to in love notice that as opposed to being super yeah. self-critical and just stabbing their insecurity even more yeah which that's a whole kind of awakening yeah exactly it's like uh i've known a couple people uh that don't like psychedelics um because and it says because that gives them anxiety and i'm like you're supposed to get anxiety. Yeah, that's, <laughs> like, that's the point. Like, that's the point. You're supposed to look at the things that you're not doing in your life and make that change now. And like that, those are the yeah. things. It's basically like, hey, like you'll be fucking the best person you can be if you just deal with this A, B, yep. and C. Yeah. And they're like, no. Well, it's like, <laughs> it's like lifting rocks and big spiders come out. And yeah. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like you close it down again. You're like, I'm not touching that for if like ten years. If that then. spider was uh, a food source, you know, like, yeah, 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 <laughs> if yeah. your food source looks scary, you know, like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you really, you gotta hug it and be like, all right, we're yeah. here. Exactly. Like, like, I still like you. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's a good analogy for it. I think hopefully in a, you know, on a positive note about this whole COVID thing, it seems like, and it might be anecdotal, this might be my own experience, but people have really gotten a chance to reevaluate without psychedelics, kind of like what's, what's important in life and mm-hmm. like, hold on, let's all take a second. Like you said, the energy shift in the world, like what, what's important to me, what's going to contribute to my happiness, like mm-hmm. what can I get into that I've like you said, one had been doing for a while, but haven't been able to, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, we started this podcast during COVID yeah. too. For real. Yeah. I don't know about you, I was immensely depressed before I started it too. Yeah. My mood yeah. got way better. So yeah. Probably is a sign that I'm doing the right thing. Oh uh, yeah. Hopefully. Given just having like a little bit more like 
of purpose can just like do monumental things for a person like mm-hmm. in their life and their mental health okay. you know okay. and that's that's something that I've always considered myself lucky for um, even though I have gone through bullshit in my life it's given me purpose mm-hmm. and uh, I really feel for the friends that I've had growing up that really don't have passions you know um, and that's another reason I wanted to do this was like so that I could create a business uh, a thing that I could give all of my friends a passion for you know mm-hmm. like, just find a spot for one of my friends to come on the team and and be themselves and the things that they're good at you know yeah. like just give them that if since they don't know what they want to do you yeah. know what I'm saying just I mean, sometimes people want to that's part of their passion is to serve something they actually believe yeah. in you know but yeah. then you get more creative types where they don't want to necessarily do what's already been done they want to mm-hmm. create their own thing yep which has was sort of I think frowned upon for a little bit in our society because it was more like be the company man yeah and like just get the corporate job it's a great thing because a lot of people came from economic scarcity so it's like that's your ticket to like a better life mm-hmm. i mean that's what we that's it. what we grew up on like, yeah, we, yeah, we exactly. fully believe that like you need to go to school you need to get a college degree and you need to work till you're 65 and yep. then you can retire yep. yeah like i don't want to do that <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. I knew that as a yeah. child, dude. Sure. I fucking, I was like, there is no, as a 10-year-old child, I was like, there is no way I'm going to sit in a fucking office for the rest of my life. Like, absolutely no fucking way. And I'm super thankful I had my mom because my mom has been super supportive about anything. Even if I was like, hey, I want to believe in Zeus as a kid. She'd be like, okay, <laughs> She'd be like, well, sure. <laughs> make sure you do your research. <laughs> if you do your research and decide you still want to do it, then that's cool with me that's awesome and when i dropped out of school too she was like well what are you gonna do and i was like well i want to work on music and she's like okay and that was it you know it was i really i feel for the people that have parents that you know are like what like i can't like you can't fucking drop out of school right now like and all that kind of stuff because i've had friends that have had parents yeah. like that and i'm like mm-hmm. and uh that they just all they want to do is like chase their dreams and yeah. their parents are like no you gotta fucking. Yeah, exactly. You gotta go to college. You gotta get this job. You gotta retire at sixty. Yeah, it's weird too because it's. I think they mean it well and it's out yeah. of love. It's yeah, like, because I they want, want they want they want you to be safe and secure and yeah. st- stable. Right. That doesn't necessarily equate to happiness, though. Which no. is what I think parents yeah. really want for their kids. Yeah. they want you to be okay, healthy, happy. Yeah, exactly. One hundred percent. Yeah, it all comes from love. I mean. Most of that type of stuff comes from love. Yeah, I mean, there's like other cases where you just have a dickhead dad or mom. Even when your friends like call you out on stuff and try to keep you on, you know, path or and your mentors or teachers, anything like that, the Mm -hmm. things that you hate the most can sometimes just be straight love. Yeah, Um, yeah. And it's easier to deal with that kind of shit when you understand it is, you know. Yeah, and I think when you're really locked into who you think you are and what you want, I think that'll, and it's back to, like, beginning of the conversation, it's actually something that's, like, meaningful and deeper, and it's a deeper chord, because then you hear those things, you're like, all right, you're like, yeah. I'm doing what I want to do, it's fine, you can say what you want to say, it's not going to affect me, and that's, mm-hmm. like, that different wavelength, and people that you thought you were fr- were your friends, and if they're really not supporting you, that's like, all right, something I'm doing is making you insecure, I have no hate towards you at all it's still going to be good to you it's just like I'm going to do what this matters to me and I'm going to keep doing it so yeah. it seems like that's the authentic path to go down you know absolutely and I can kind of feel at a gut level it's kind of what you guys are doing so yeah, I which is that. awesome thank you yeah. thank you thank yeah, you yeah it's very comfortable to be around it too yeah you know? dude I fucking I've been enjoying this you guys are some cool dudes but yeah love hanging out and uh, having these conversations this, yeah. this has been dope yeah. yeah absolutely super comfortable
What's your um? What's your guys' intentions as a group? What are you setting forward in the future? What are your thoughts of change the world? Yeah. Change the fucking Fuck world. Yeah. I've been yeah, saying it for ten years it. now. Yeah. The only people that think that they can do it, or the only people that do change the world, are the people that can do it, or yeah. think that they can do it. Yeah. And, and, and we know that we can do it. Yeah, and that's the goal. I want to spread really? the things. Um, I've helped a lot of my friends with advice in my teachings and spirituality, um, including him, um, and I really just want to do that for as many people as I possibly can in, yeah. this, in this world and I found that the music is the easiest way to reach that many people at one time you know yeah. I was sorry uh, art's a good medium yeah I uh I went to Camp Flogna when I was 18 probably and fuck it great festival oh. um I saw which I got to see that? Mac Miller was it Mac? um I got to see Mac which was awesome um and but anyways I saw Lana Del Rey there hmm. And that fucking still, like, even after all the raving that I've done, EDC, still one of the best live shows that I've ever seen in my life. Her yeah. voice yeah. was angelic. Like, mm-hmm. no auto-tune, just her and a fucking mic. And my, so head, cool. my fucking jaw was on the floor the whole time. Like, the most beautiful thing that I've ever heard in my life. And I was looking behind me, and there was people as far as I could see. And every single person, she was just touching in the heart. Yeah. And I, w- I remember just being like, this is the type of like impact that I want to have. On yeah. Big love energy right yeah, there. Just like, Everybody just like, literally just like a huge hug with her voice and her music, you know. And that was one of the most beautiful experiences I've ever had in my entire life. And this was even before my spiritual path. Yeah. Uh, that was one of my first times like taking that step was after that festival and that fucking shit was amazing that's incredible yeah she's amazing yeah amazing I would love to see her live again cause that shit was just absolutely incredible yeah. her voice her songwriting is incredible too yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we could probably talk music for uh probably three or four more days but, um, <laughs> we really appreciate you guys doing this with us it's been fucking awesome oh, dude, thanks yeah. for having us yeah man. for real this was a lot of fun yeah yeah i hope i mean you guys are going to be putting out new shit whenever you want um some sort of platform to push that we'd be more than happy to do this again and you know show us show off some new shit yeah, yeah. i appreciate, I appreciate that, that. Yeah. absolutely yeah we were really actually talking like all week we were like dude i'm super excited to do this fucking podcast with these guys yeah. like yeah. fucking uh we're really super looking forward to it and it's been dope as fuck yeah. now, a big thing we want to do too is we try to give a more in-depth perspective on artists too and it's like what's your art what is your story yeah. where are you coming from that's part of our main missions you yeah know? yeah and then just giving people a window to see in a sense your guys' souls but keeping it in a good atmosphere that's not judgmental and just like let's just show some of the light and have yeah. it cultivate I'm know? digging it I'm digging yeah. the whole process man yeah. this shit is fucking dope um, I think there's a lot to be said about how I just uh, met both of you guys today but I felt like again um, we've been hanging out for years you know it's been like yeah. totally normal you know Yeah. and that shit's dope <laughs> um, how can people go about finding your music um, all that good shit SoundCloud, Spotify, yeah. Apple Music. Most of our stuff is on SoundCloud, but some of our better stuff is on uh, Spotify and okay. Apple Music. Uh, and then Twitter, Half Dead Tunes. Yeah. Instagram, Half Dead 69, I think. Uh, nice. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Facebook, Half Dead again. Um, you know, just hit us up. Yeah. Fucking, yeah. Projects on the way? Projects on the way, yes. <laughs> I'm currently working on this Blackbird thing. Cool. Um, we'll probably, uh, I know, I think that we're trying to get uh, this song with Chris, uh, District 13, on a label. Um, yeah. So if that it goes through, 
Um, then that'll probably be the next release, honestly. Um, but other than that, I'm really trying to get this Blackbird piece done within the next year. Because um, okay. it'll be, like I said earlier in the podcast, I plan on it being a three-piece album project. Yeah. Um, the Blackbird, the Phoenix, and the Huma. The Blackbird yeah. being all about the accident and the ages of like 10 to 13. The Phoenix being, and that's going to be super sad. The Phoenix going to be my ages after that from about 14 to 18, struggling mm. with guilt and just depression, being angry all the fucking time. Yeah. Mm. Uh, all that kind of stuff. Probably a little bit more, you know, angry of music. And then the Huma is a bird that flies and never comes down. Like, it's a mystical bird that just ne- can fly for infinity. Mm. And that one's going to be all about love and the process of finding love through all of that shit and that being the answer. I just I got chills. Cannot <laughs> wait. Yeah. yeah. I got goosebumps. Right That's such a cool concept, too. Yeah. So, three separate pieces, but co. Yeah. That's awesome. Tell the story of my life. That's incredible. Fuck yeah, dude. Thank you. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> Had that one after a DMT trip. Oh, yeah. Nice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That idea came to my that's mind. It's transcendence, man. Yeah. Flying above all of it. That's yeah. one of those ideas that when uh, people are talking about where the thoughts come from, that's one of the things where I'm like, that. I feel like that idea came from another, came from another place. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Like came from, it came from an energy source from somewhere what outside my thoughts? brain. Like yeah. Nikola Tesla. Like Nikola Tesla. These things that come into our heads yeah. out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. We'll be channeling them. Yeah. Like he said, Nikola yeah, Tesla. Nikola Tesla. You believe they were yeah. sorry for now. Can you please go? No, yeah. ideas just came come from an outside source, from beings, entities, yeah. and another universe that are trying yeah. to help you. You know. I really do think that's what they are too. Honestly, though, maybe yeah. not like in strict physical being, but it's like you don't really know what an actual thought is. <laughs> yeah, it just comes yeah. in your head and it possesses yeah. you, and you're like, oh, this is important. Yeah, it's more profound. It's yeah, fuck. yeah. You're just like. It's a this reflection on everything. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This came from some deep place. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure. I don't, yeah. I don't know if you got another question. No, 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 no. I couldn't think of a better way to spend a day. This yeah, no, this has been a fantastic time. So yeah, really. Re- totally agree. Appreciate totally you guys. Agree. Yeah, right. absolutely. It was fun. Yeah, if we don't call it, we're not going to call it, I feel like. So <laughs> that's, that's cool. All right. Thanks for listening. Yeah. And cut. Yeah. Hey, thanks for listening, everyone. We had a great time chilling with Half Dead and hope you guys stick around to hear the rest of their mix that presents some of their more emotional and melodic stuff. Drop by on our next episode to share a cup of coffee with Tio, an incredible artist we found from Phoenix. As always, stay caffeinated.
was all original. All, all no, original. Was that? Probably could even have this Jump pattern. In the second drop, there's slide board. Um, yeah. Oh, so what is the... Oh, I, I think I know what you're talking about. That was dope. Uh, it's, it's, yeah. a, it's the HYTP2 what does it. It's like, I guess it like that. Whoa, 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 yeah. That feel? Yeah. That was cool. Oh, <laughs> hell yeah. That turned out perfect. It got a little dark. We should have had some lights, but that's okay.